Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action Forward News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action for News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Combo Number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and always remember, as the great Huron Ranger Robert Louis Stevenson always says, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant. Squee McGee getting caught up on meta traffic with Weatherlight Report. Oh, I'm bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. So just insert like, hi <laughs> Well, he was excited for the RFL, Rabbit <laughs> Football League, but it's been canceled. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to your number six source of Magic the Gathering news. Uh, since we didn't win an Emmy Cruel, we are now going for a Razzie Cruel. Oh, oh nice. Cruel. I like it. I think yeah, we I'll got take it. a Razzie. Quality, Razzi. quality content here. Quality crap content. So we got it now. Yeah, I mean, we're at least a six out of ten. We're setting the bar lower this year. Then maybe the disappointment will be Absolutely. quite so high, right? Absolutely. We're going to start off the top of the cast on the latest in Carnage that ensued with 45. So I'm going to talk about game one on Sunday. Uh, we had MTG Lord of Leaves from the Vorthos cast. Uh, he was playing his Brea deck. Uh, which we had to ask, Seems good. is this a normal Brea deck? <laughs> and he was like, well, I don't know what you mean. It's like combos and quick kills. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's a normal Brea deck. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Dan, or Frenemy Dan, played Frenemy his Sigarda Dan, deck, okay. which I haven't seen in a hot minute. Sigarda, the Voltron one, right? Yes. yes. Uh, Sir Nathaniel was playing Sidri, one of his newer decks. Ooh. And I went ahead and played Lord Windgrace. So the the reason I bring up this game is because I want to say Nathan actually won at the end of the day, but all of our decks got to do what they wanted to do, even though I shut down Mr. Lord of Leaves real hot and in a hurry. Uh, real so hot and in a hurry. I think my opening hand, I had Strip Mine, Wasteland, and a couple colored sources. And so I was like, okay, I'll keep this. And I'm not going to try to purposely take anyone out of the game. But if I see someone going a little too quick, I'll give up a land to make it down, down a little, little bit. bit. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I'm sorry, you, didn't, so, have, you didn't have like Crucible or anything in, in hand either, right? Not at yeah. that point. Yeah, okay. Okay. Not at that point. Okay. Uh, and so I went ahead and... Uh, Brian played a Tri-Land, uh, which is great in a four-color deck, yes. obviously. Goes around, and I was like, you know what? That's fine. Just one land isn't going to make me freak out. Well, then he ended up getting like down a Mana Rock. He got down a Goblin Engineer. He was kind of cycling one of those uh, like Icker Wellsprings where ETBs draw a card. Draw, yeah, sacrifice a value card. Yeah. So, so he was getting the value a little bit of that. And so I went ahead and saved up my mana. I had a creature or artifact removal spell. And I was like, well, no one really played anything super impactful. I was actually hoping he would play Bray at that point. He didn't. So I got rid of the Goblin Engineer. Turner 2 goes by and it's like, okay, he's getting ready for Bray again. And I don't have a response for it unless it's at sorcery speed and it could be too late. Right. So I went ahead and strip mined his Tri-Land. So apparently those two things really set him back. So he was kind of in a side seat. For to me, Dan, um, I hit him once with Gitrog Monster. One time. Wait, with Gitrog Monster, so, not something like, not like an infect beast or anything. Just, nope, just, nope, just a 6-6. Six, six. 
put him to 34 uh-huh. and that apparently just set me on the two turn <laughs> kill clock with Dan so he swings oh, at me with Sigarda for 11 command damage oh, no. oh. he did have lethal on board but he didn't have enough mana to equip a fire shrieker to it Ooh. so and then I'm like Dan here's the deal am I dead next turn because if so I'm going to get rid of all your lands uh, at that point yeah, so at that point, I had an Oracle of Moldiah, an Azusa, a Gitrog on the battlefield. Oh my gosh. And I had a... Um, Run that oh gosh. No, um... Oh man, I'm loose. Drawing the blank. Help me out here. Amazing sorcery. Blank. Amazing sorcery. Green sorcery. Dredge three. Oh, Colorless green. Thank you. Had life of the loam in the hand. And I was like, okay, because I could, in theory, strip mine like seven of his lands, which would have set him back to one. Not right. And he's like, hey, I'll leave you alone if you don't do anything to my board this turn. Or he said he wouldn't kill me. And I was like, okay, fine. So it goes around, of course, uh, good old Nathan and Brian try to politic him into killing me. And Dan was a man of his word. Good for and him. I appreciate good that. And I'll recognize that. You, you've you been upgraded to frenemy, Dan, uh-huh. over to neutral Dan. Unlike or Big Tuck, he takes his word back. <laughs> and so I uh, went around a rotation. And then it came up again. Uh, Dan really didn't have any reason to keep me alive. And so I wanted to do something funny. And my funny go. thing is I ended up killing myself on accident. Oh, oh. <laughs> and I real I realized it halfway through, but I went ahead and did it anyways. Because you know what? No one kills Mr. Combo. Except, except for Mr. Combo. So, for takes me. himself out. So I played an Omnath, angry Omnath, uh-huh. nom nom nom, with Landfall. Then I scape shifted for nine with Gitrog out. Oh, yes. So drew nine and I dredged myself to death. Because oh. <laughs> eventually I got to the oh, point man. where I had Life of the Loam and I had um, the Black Land Dar. Uh, the Dark More Salvage. Yeah, Darkmoor Salvage. And so I just dredged myself and I was like, I'm just going to keep going. And of course, I think at the time. Nathan and Brian were like, well, why the hell are you doing that? You're kind of hurting us by killing yourself. And it's like, yeah, but like, I- I'm not impacting anything. <laughs> You're so just lowering the right? <laughs> yeah, so I'd rather the game speed up so I get another game in, right. opposed to just dragging on my dead corpse. Fucking <laughs> frenemy Dan. Sorry, neutral Dan, kill me. So uh, apparently what I did is a CEDH combo. Oh. I don't really know what the win is when you just draw out your deck in uh, black-green, but apparently it's a combo that I need to be Splashing blue about. and hope for a lab man? Yeah, yeah or whatever. Um, but no, it, it's a Gitrog is oh, a CEDH yeah. deck. I, I think I think what it is, uh, Big Tuck, is if you have the Obnixilis out with Landfall. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I, I think that one, it's like every time a land enters, a target opponent loses three, three life. life. Yeah, and it gets bigger. And so I think... Yes. Yeah, yeah you can do so I think that. that might be be the rigmarole. Uh, but no, it was fun because I literally <laughs> sat there and played solitaire while I killed myself. Classic, classic, <laughs> classic, classic Mr. Combo move. Squee McGee, what games would you like to talk about? I'd like to talk about an overarching game called Magic the Gathering. Um, I didn't play any games this week because I have been extremely indisposed with about, I don't know, 20,000 cards that I may or may not have picked up here on Tuesday. Um so Tuesday went out, and, and we'll get a little more into this in the plane chase too, but 
Uh, we'll get a lot more of this in the plane chase, so just, yeah, yeah. just make it brief. So I'm going to give you a high-level overview. I spent $250. I got 20,000 cards. It went extremely well. Thank you so much, Bob. You are the man. Uh, everybody, if you ever get a chance to meet Bob, he's a wonderful guy. Um, <laughs> wait, wait. Is this the same Bob from Fight Club? Or the uh, same? No, no. Or much the better same, than that, Bob. This is even a deeper cut, if I may. The same Bob from Twin Peaks? I have or, not watched Twin Peaks. Or is this the same Bob that owns a burger joint? Nice. I cannot confirm or deny if he owns a a burger joint. He did he have have a mustache? Uh, No, he did not have a mustache. But uh, yeah, I I got twenty thousand cards. Started looking through those, and well, we'll just dive into that. I'll leave that as the teaser. All right, Big Tuck. Anything you want to talk about? All right, so I got another game in with Aaron and uh, the Parsons guy that we talked about a week ago because Aaron was off of work, and I pulled a total Mr. Combo move, and now I know what that feels like, where I had a, <laughs> I had a turn one land tax, and I was playing my mono white deck, and literally uh, all I was doing was just playing a land, maybe playing a creature, maybe doing a board wipe. Playing a land, like or getting board wiped, right? Just playing a land, playing Uh-oh. creatures. I was playing mono white, right? It, but like with the land tax, I I realized later I was filtering through my library so efficiently and getting to just heaters where it would be like, okay, they board wipe. Then I top deck something that won, and I got to total. So I was like, whole I, damn game. Big Tuck's also sitting over here, like I'm not doing anything. I'm just casting, I'm, cre- oh, I'm just casting creatures. After he'd won like two or three games in a row, and no, and, and, no, and nobody was like nobody was like you asshole or you're such a jerk ass i was just saying that be like i'm just playing creatures because i felt bad because i hate winning like a gazillion times in a row um so now i know what that feeling is like mr combo and uh, i believe it took a while to explain because uh chris had to put it as uh sir we're all going after you because you played the best ramp card in the history of the game First turn. Turn one. So, anyways, uh, I now have a piece of you inside me, and I really hope it doesn't fester <laughs> and grow into something that I can't control. It already has. We've talked about how your decks are actually good <laughs> and not pieces has. of trash. I mean, you you pretty well won every game we played on Friday. Yeah, I guess you're probably right, but still. I mean, no, literally, no, we, should, right. we should cue Forgetting Sarah Marshall's Inside of You song oh, by Russell yes, Brand. Or, uh, that's what should be playing right now. Or the Family Guy skit, the, uh, Brian, a piece of me is inside of you. Oh, yeah, with the hair and the pie. With the, so, with anyways. The cool whip. Well, and we'll get into cool we'll get into how this is gonna get even. My decks are even gonna get worse here in a minute. So here we go. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap up forty life in a dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse. What's the plane chase? Yes. So um, we obviously Squee kind of alluded to it, but um, we luckily have not had any new spoilers or anything to speculate about. So we can just continue Woo, to talk about what up. we want. So. Um, recently, if you're part of the Discord or our our friend group that listens to this, we have been we have had been cracking double masters like it's going out of styles, and no it's joke. been freaking insane. Uh, yeah. Myself as well. Um, it's been it's been really exciting there. So um, we thought that we could just kind of go through and talk about what it's like to play the Magic Lottery. And we, Mr. Combo did a great job of kind of like narrowing this down to, to four major categories. So we want to talk about the highs, lows, and whatevers of four different kind of verticals, if you will, of the Magic Lottery. So the first will be just buying boosters. The second mm-hmm. will be buying just booster boxes. The third ones will be repacks, which we'll kind of define in a little bit. And then the last one is either is buying 
like piles of cards randomly or entire collections randomly. Right. Yep. So this is actually also something that, you know, when I think of the Magic Lottery, uh, CCO Nation, our our boys, uh, Brando and Ryan, they they have talked a lot over the last few weeks. Um, You know, they're up in Canada uh, or are. Hat, I guess, America's hat, or or we would be Canada's toilet. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, Confirmed. um, They get to be clothing, and we have to be the toilet. I see how it is. Granted, you know, their conversion rate, the U.S. dollar to Canadian dollar, obviously Canadian dollars, it takes way more to make a U.S. dollar. What that actually means in their economy, I have no idea. Like, I don't know if truly 100 Canadian dollars and whatever that translates to American are truly one for Mm -hmm. one. But they have talked a lot about how... Like the VIP boosters, for example, that go for 90 to $100 should be treated like the lottery because literally you're giving wizards $100 and you could get shit. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely, absolutely nothing. And, and that's kind of what made, you know, squeeze experience in here like was super positive. And so it's like, well, let's let, let's kind of unshelve this and figure out what the magic lottery is, because if you think about it, all four of these things, buying a booster pack, a booster box, a random collection from someone or a repack, it is the lottery. Yeah, for sure. You could get absolute trash. And that's why the general consensus if you're an EDH player is by singles, yep. not packs, right. because you most of the time you can get exactly what you want and probably spend the same amount of money versus all the chaff and the thousands yep. of cars, oh, yeah. that, <laughs> cars that like Big Tuck and I and now Squee McGee have yeah. uh, that Hi. are just literal garbage. Uh, and maybe if the apocalypse happens, you could set them on fire to keep they're, you warm. Great, and that's about all they're great good for. Um, <laughs> yeah, so to that point, let, let's start it off. And um, I think you bring up a great point, and I think we should dive into that. So let's start with just buying boosters from a store, either you know your local game store, preferably, or Target. So for me, this is this is one of the lower chances I'll ever take, especially on the bigger money boosters, right? The ultimate right. packs, the double masters, whatever the case may be, just because your your chance of getting a single good card out of them is so low, as opposed to maybe another thing where sure. you might have a higher chance. So for me, the way I generally like to buy boosters is when I go to a local game store, I always try to, if I'm traveling or, you know, back when I know this in the, when you guys listen to this in the future and local game stores don't <laughs> exist because the apocalypse has ended. Uh, so, but like back when I used to go a lot in Chicago, here we go. Uh, I know it's like to be like, okay, I want to spend like 20 to $40 just to come here. Right. And pick stuff up. And yep, sometimes sure. I get cards that they have. Other times I'm like, I don't really know. So um, what I would do then in that case, if I'm going to buy a booster, I will pay the extra five to $10, whatever the case may be, and get a double masters or eternal masters or one of those sets that the variance on them is much higher. And you might get some commons and uncommons that are playable um, as right. opposed to like the three to $4 set. So, so Mr. Combo, I know you've, you've traveled and you've lived in a lot of different places and played a lot of different stores and that sort of thing. So what do you, what do you think of the pros and cons of boosters are and when would you buy them? So I have an addiction, which also ties into the lottery. <laughs> yes. It's gambling. Yes. Uh, every time I go to a store, it doesn't matter if it's an LGS or a big box retailer, 
uh, I will usually buy a pack of cards. My girlfriend, as amazing as she is, has almost been conditioned now. <laughs> if she goes into a Walgreens, will go to the children's toy aisle and get me a pack of cards. Oh, that's uh, sweet. It, it, it doesn't matter if it's a standard set, eternal set, uh, joke set. I mean, I don't ever do the joke ones, and right. she hasn't had the opportunity to, but you know, if, if she did, I wouldn't be upset yeah. at it. Uh, but I... To me, spending, and, and this comes to me vividly because I did this with Modern Horizons and we did oh, the math oh, we, after we the fact. Ta- ta- oh, here we go. Yeah, and I could have bought like a box and a half for the amount of cards I got, but to me, it's a little easier to stomach if I go into a location once a week now because it's a the world as it is and i spend five to ten dollars and get a pack of cards versus let me go ahead and spend a hundred dollars on this box Mm -hmm. so that's for me where boosters come in and you are right tuck to where the variance is going to be a lot lower because the whole thing with the lottery is you need as many tickets as you can to have a chance to win so when you just buy a pack of cards it's like uh, but for me it's more the endorphin high Literally, I get into my car and I crack it open and I look through and it's either hell yes, like I just pulled some fire. Uh, like I think I sent a picture to the Discord when Theros Beyond Death came out. I bought a pack at a Walgreens mm-hmm. and I literally pulled a full art foil Ashiok, oh, right, right, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. borderless, and I was like hell yes, like right, God, I'm I'm excited. <laughs> um, but there have been so many Modern Horizons uh, blister packs, which was three packs that I've opened that were complete hot trash outside of the snowlands. So that's that's kind of, to me, the booster packs is the highest form of gambling just about. We'll get to yeah, some of the right, other yeah. ones that, are, that I think are actually pretty tied, mm-hmm. but I would say booster packs are the most random, high-variance gambling you can do. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Squee, what do you think? Uh, I would agree with you, and I actually almost do the exact same thing. It's not every time I go into a store or a big-box retailer that I buy a pack or two, but often, if I'm going to get paper towels and toilet paper and some food or whatever I need from Walmart, I'll, yeah, I'll go grab a pack or two, bring them <laughs> home, and I kind of have the same... I wouldn't necessarily call it an addiction because I don't do it often, but I really enjoy opening packs even if they are garbage that's part of the game but like sometimes you get those pips and you get those really good cards and i love doing that but yeah i I think i tend to lean more on mr combo side yeah packs are your absolute biggest gamble especially nowadays if you don't buy the vip packs or the fancy edition packs Mm -hmm. you're not gonna get the fancy cards you're just not they're not in there um you may get the basic version of it and those are still exciting like i pulled m21 random packs and got elder gargaroth and a couple of other good ones um so you'll get good stuff every once every in a while, while. But, um, it's not going to be a premiere i will add one thing to that and i'm glad you mentioned that sweet the the collector boosters is actually the one area to where i have every collector booster i've done and so i bought a ton of m21 collector boosters yep. and by a ton i mean like probably like six yeah, right. uh-huh. um and 
I actually got money on all of them except for one. Mm, okay. And so I will say that if you are someone that's like, I don't want to spend the hundred plus dollars to get this, you know, a box. I yeah. want to get a single thing for like 20, $25 or less. And I want to try to get monetary value out of it. I would say your collector boosters are probably the ones that you're going to get the best shot on. Right. Absolutely. Like I bought one M21 collector's booster and got a foil to fairy master time, which pays for the whole pack itself uh, yeah. so like that went well and i bought a vip booster for uh double masters which is obviously more expensive but um that one how'd that work out for you uh, you know we're, we're talking maybe about half the value there no big deal <laughs> but uh, uh i did i did pull that um why am i blanking on it right now for i pulled that force of will out of a regular double masters sure. pack um so that was that was a random pip right after i pulled like four of the most garbage packs you'd ever seen we're talking four packs total value like 10 bucks yeah uh, right. oh and it, shout out marketing ross he just posted in our facebook group today he bought two packs of double masters chrome mox well, and so, I think it's, you know, that's the lottery. I that's think it's lottery. I think it's also yeah. fitting that you talk about getting toilet paper uh, on these runs, because it turns out when you buy these packs, you generally just get more toilet paper out of it. So Correct, yeah. um, <laughs> let's move on to uh, booster boxes. So uh, let's talk through this a little bit. I'm going to start with Squee. What are your okay. thoughts on the pros, cons and when you buy booster boxes? Obviously, I don't buy booster boxes. So there's that. It's easy. Um, yeah, I haven't. I, I bought that Jumpstart booster box, and then it never. They told me it was going to be like two months, so I just got my money back, and they sent me a free collector's pack, and I took that and went out and bought this big bulk lot of cards. Um, but I don't generally like doing the booster boxes because the last time I did one, I got burned, and that was just a bad taste. Yeah. And it was a lot of money because you're putting 150, 200 bucks nowadays with the more expensive sets, 250, 300 is not out of the question. Um, so you really are putting a heavy investment up there. Um, I do agree though. I think if you are going to buy a lot of booster packs, be it two or three or four a week and, or, you know, you buy five or 10 at a time, I'd go ahead and get the booster box cause it's going to be cheaper overall. Sure. You're going to get a better value out of that. So if you know, you're going to be buying a lot of packs or if there's a set that comes out and you think you're going to buy a bunch of them, I would say go and buy a booster box instead of individually. You'll save yourself some money. And one of my favorite things to do is open booster boxes. Like I got to help big tuck open some of his double masters booster boxes, which is great. Cause I had no skin in the game. Um, but still had fun. Like you get to crack those cool cards and, and see them come out. And you still out. get the endorphin rush of getting yeah, them right Yeah, you get the rush of that. And like, it was, it was a lot of fun. So I think booster boxes may be the most fun way to buy Magic the Gathering product that is new. Um, Cause it's a wild card completely, but you get, what is it? 24 packs in a booster box nowadays? Uh, 24, uh, 30. Oh, I was gonna say 24 for the specialty ones and then 36 for the normal standard. One. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you get a <clears throat> lot of chances. Yeah. So, I mean, you may rip the whole first layer of that booster box, get garbage, and then the middle will pop three or four mythics in a row. It could happen. So, sure. um, I like booster boxes just as an experience. I don't like to pay for them. So, if you guys have a booster box you want to help opening, Call Squee. I'll be there. <laughs> All right, Mr. Combo, what do you what do you think about booster boxes? All right. Uh if it's a specialty set, I'm willing to play that lottery every single time. Uh Double Masters, I bought two boxes and I got my TCG list pulled up. Uh and so this is actually something that I would actually recommend anyone who is buying the random packs or booster boxes to uh, 
you know, see what the value is out of it. I actually started this with my Magic Fest in a box set, and then I continued it into M21 and into Double Masters, because I'm always curious, because prices go up and down, right. you know, did I get the value out of it? Right. So two Double Masters boxes for 290 each, that puts me at 580. Uh, 78 cards were worth over, to my knowledge, over a buck. Um, and $779 is Ooh. my value yeah. from my yeah. two boxes. Yeah. Uh, I, I got 11 Mythics and tons of rares. So to me, and one thing that the Godfather always kind of challenges me on, and I appreciate it. He's like, well, that's cool that you, you quote unquote made 180 bucks or $200, but are you actually going to sell this stuff? Right. And the answer is no. But once we can get back to trading mm-hmm. in IRL, that's truly almost $800 in trade fodder right. that I can use for stuff I really, really want. Granted, uh, the market's so inflated now that this will get me like an Aber duel, which kind of sucks. Uh, but, you know, that's the way I look at it. Now, when we come to standard sets, this is very interesting. I will usually not pre-order a standard set until I actually see the set release. A specialty set, I will pre-order as soon as the first game store in real life or online will take a pre-order and commit to a price. Um, I don't even need to see the leaks. It's kind of how I treat the commander pre-con. And that'll get you your best Um, price for sure. Almost yeah. every time. And you know what? And if I whiff, I whiff. But usually those sets are the ones that you strike money yeah, on. Yeah. But a standard set, I do need to see what it is. So, like, for example, I did not buy a Throne of Eldraine booster box. Well, because it's a horrible, it was, it was a horrible set, as yeah, we talked about on the show. It was terrible. good in there. Uh, Theros Beyond Death, I did not buy mm. a booster box for. I just, you know, kind of bought singles, some random packs. Ikoria, though, because of the Tri-Lands, sure. because of the specialty cards, I actually did get a booster box, but I waited until I saw the set. M21 was the same thing. Once I saw the Teferis and all of that type of stuff mm-hmm. in there, it's like, oh, well, dude, I'm going to I'm gonna come out money on this. Yeah. And my M21 box, $417, Ooh. and that's an M21 box, and four collector boosters. Right. Yeah, I agree So I just M21. came out like a bandit. I cleaned house on M21. I didn't buy a ton. I maybe had total all in. I think I got like 10 packs and one of the collector's packs. And I got, I think, four of the six most expensive cards. Not the full art ones, but like I right. got the Foil to Fairies. I got the Elder Gargaroth. I got a couple other ones that were 10, 12, 15 bucks. So I easily, easily got my money back on those. Yeah, I think I ended up spending about 200 to 230 on M21 stuff, and I'm sitting here at $417, and that's just the stuff that's worth something. Yeah, so that that's, that's where I'm willing to play the lottery, is on specialty sets, I'll buy it yeah. no matter what. But a standard set, I really have to look at it and kind of put my terrible MTG finance hat on, <laughs> which is really just a straw farmer's hat, um, and try to guesstimate, do I see any value in this? Um, and that'll dictate whether or not I buy a box or if I'm just going to buy a pack here and there when I'm at Target. Yeah, um, so I agree with you. I Especially after my monster... Uh, mystery booster that went really well. And then my yep. insane, I think I got like $600 worth of value out of my double masters. One box At I least. bought. 
Dude, yeah. just every it's, every pack we cracked was it's, heaters. It's, it's insanity. So like, I I agree with you completely um, on the specialty ones. Like mystery this year, it's like mystery double masters, uh, commander legends. I'm guessing I'm probably just gonna pick yeah. one of those up because I feel like you'd be an idiot not to. Um, for me, I the, and the reason why I think those are for me at least different than the standard sets is because I still pulled out piles of commons and uncommons that were playable that were good that yeah, had a home yeah. in edh which when you crack the standard set boxes i just feel like the chaff ratio is so much higher right you're not getting like oh yeah, yeah you're not getting brainstorm reprints you're not getting lightning bolts you're not getting you know path to exiles or whatever that was in double masters um so for me when it comes to the standard sets i usually go and just be like okay like this one for example i was like okay grim tutor ujin Azusa and a couple other fabled passage that stuff. It was like seventy dollars. Perfect. Those are the cards I wanted. Yeah, they're cheaper now. Yep. I'm just gonna go pick them up and be done with it. So, yep. well, and funny thing to that, Tuck. Um, this is the first time that I mean, Modern Horizons may have been, but that was a year ago, and I bought so many blister packs and got <laughs> blisters from doing it. Uh, but this was the first time when I actually took my chaff double masters, including chaff tokens, mind you was i think half the size of the good stuff mm -hmm. oh yeah for sure and it's wow. never been that for way sure. um and i think that just goes to show you that these specialty sets if you're a edh player it's gonna have a lot a lot of homes right. but even if you're an eternal player it's stuff that's worth money that you can use to help build and, your ridiculous 60 card and decks. that you can yeah. then trade to edh players who, who may have stuff that you're that you're looking for as well so agree with that so yeah um so let's move on so let's talk repacks so just to clarify we were talking about two different kinds of repacks here one is the rarer version that you usually find on ebay where some jabrone in a bathtub somewhere says here's i i'm selling packs of 15 cards that i put together myself randomly quote unquote mm -hmm. um you can buy a pack it's guaranteed to have a rare and x y and z um that's kind of the one version of the repack and then the second one is one that some big box stores like target and walmart will do where they will show you the outside boosters and then the inside maybe a hot of some boosters i've seen dual decks that are mixed up together in them like there's one there's the eldrazi deck from a dual delta eldrazi and then the curse deck from blessing versus curse that are slapped together it's mm -hmm. kind of a kind of a mishmash of open stuff so uh mr combo why don't you take this one away what do you how do you feel about repacks? repack uh that to me repacks is the highest level of gambling you can do purely because with a booster pack, for example, it's random. Correct. Right. There's no one at Wizards or uh, Hasbro or their printer that says, ooh, we shouldn't put these two cards together <laughs> in this pack because they're getting too much value. Right. Uh, it's 100% random. It's however the machine does the sorting that that stuff can happen. Hence why there's a misprint community because right, right. no one's monitoring this stuff. Uh, repacks, like uh, we kind of uh, mentioned offcast that literally it could be a hey we're going to give you a power nine every thousand packs mm -hmm, but right. what's to say they actually give the power Correct. nine in exactly. those thousand Correct. packs you, you're having to trust someone that they're actually doing that so that's where I kind of have um, the issue with it per se 
So I would never do a repack yeah. ever unless it was something maybe my trusted LGS was doing mm-hmm. as say if, if level one game shop, our sponsor said, Hey guys, what we're going to do is we're going to put together a COVID pandemic. What, you know what? We're not selling tons of singles. So we're going to put together some random packs. You're going to get minimum this kind of value out of it. You know, it could be that you're getting, uh, it's almost like the woot crates. Back yeah. In the yeah. Day. You yeah. Could, you, you could get a thousand commons that are worth a hundred bucks, or you could just get one card that's worth a hundred dollars, but you're going to get this it, value. I would, I would maybe look into it's that. It's kind of like that. But some random Joe Schmo off Amazon. Forget and, that. And like, but I, and to your point, you did get a lot of success from the MTG Missouri guy or whoever that is who did those, yeah. yep. those grab bag stuff. Right. And that, that is a form of random pack. And yeah. I, and well, I that's think a much more credible source. That's, I, I think that's where you hit the nail on the head, especially where it's like, if it's just some dude, I don't trust them to actually give me anything. Right. They're just taking my money. Yeah. and giving me the, the shit that they don't want, right? Whereas, yeah. like, I think if it is from an LGS, if it is from one of these things, and same thing with, like, Target and Walmart, because they just, Target and Walmart are making them, the, making these themselves, right? And they're clearly out to, mm-hmm. like, gouge this market um, as much as they can. So I, I agree. I think repacks, my advice is, unless it's from, like, MTG Missouri, who has had some insane stuff that I know you've gotten out of it, um, yeah. probably ignore that. Squee, any thoughts on that? I mean, almost exactly the same. Yeah. I, I used to order these. So early eBay days for me was when I was like 12 or 13 and mm-hmm. I had to use my parents' debit card to get an account, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I would take a cashier's check down to the office. I'd mail it out, wait a decade, and then the cards would come in after the check clears and all that. Um, but I used to order a lot of the repacks because back in the day, late 90s, early 2000s, there were tons of repacks that were hey we've got moxes we've got black lotuses we've got all your arabian knights cards and we have it in this lot and we're going to do you know 300 packs and two of them are going to have one of those cards in there and they'd they'd label it at like 10 bucks 15 bucks every single time i got burned to the point where as mr combo said i don't actually believe that they put those cards in there I, I really For sure. because you would go through and read the comments and the only comments that would be positive on there were clearly planted by their friends that were like, Oh my God, Mox Ruby. Can't yeah, believe it. Right. Only bought one pack. Amazing. And you're like, yeah, I know. I know that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, yeah I wouldn't touch them with a 10 foot pole. It, it kind of ties into, uh, it's been about two years now. I joined a uh, watch gang. It's like this watch club. You pay X amount of dollars. They're supposed mm-hmm. to send you this type of right, value. Right, right. Well, they had this wheel that you could pay X amount of dollars. You spin it. And of course, it's like they have tiers. And so the more money you spend, the higher tier the baseline is. But the you could win a Grail watch, a Rolex, an Omega, right. Uh, right. a Tag, one of those. And there was a conspiracy theory kind of going around. And I somewhat agree with this because i mean i probably spun the wheel guys i kid you not eight times wow for 300 bucks a pop and got literally no upgrades ever yeah. yet people would randomly post in the facebook group oh my gosh i hit the rolex and people would do some data mining and be like he actually is friends with oh. the watch game oh, people. Right, right, right. and so it's like and that's kind of where some of that stuff happens if, if you don't know the people personally and you never really hear of anyone winning it or getting the Black Lotus, then it's like, I don't yeah. feel like this yeah, is genuine. And that's where Missouri MTG is different. And kudos to that guy. Um, 
great dude. You guys should definitely hit him up whenever he does have grab bags available because people will actually post, oh my God, I bought the legacy bag for $500 yeah. and I got a revised mox. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you need pictures of or, it. Yeah, like a lot of yeah, people yeah, post and pictures, you see pictures and that type of stuff. But on eBay, you won't see that in the comments because they don't allow that. So it's, yeah, it's, I wouldn't touch them unless it's a very credible source or you have people that you know have ordered something from them and gotten good stuff, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Totally, totally agree there. Okay, so the last and the one that we're going to let Mr. <laughs> Squee do most of the talking on is buying random collection or buying lots of cards. So I will start this. I generally completely do not do this myself because I already have a pile of cards on my table from literally Jumpstart and Double Masters that I just opened. That was only... 48 packs or whatever and it's way too much effort yep. and way too much work to potentially get a gold mine which is like yep. like we said winning the lottery um to go through that so i think there are some edge cases like if a store is closing down and they're just trying to roll it or if you know the person I think a good example for me would be like the Tice pack, which he just gave to me for free and sorting through it. I totally sure. made my money back there, but generally yep. I would not go out and pick up just random collections that I find on the internets. So Mr. Combo, before we let have, before we give Squee his time to shine here, what are your thoughts <laughs> on picking up random collections or lots of cards? Uh, it honestly depends. And I'm not, and I'm a hundred percent saying this because it has nothing to do with what Squeeze about to talk about. So I just want to make that clear. This isn't some like, oh, I would have done it if I would have seen it first. Okay, right, right. Uh, so I see random collections pop up on Facebook Marketplace, eBay, yep. uh, all the all the stuff all the time. Uh, I'm also part of like six different Magic the Gathering cell groups on Facebook, Discord, all of that. So I see those collections go up all the time. Usually I look and see what the user has said about the collection. And that's where I will make the decision if I'm interested. And to uh, Ultra Budget Bruce's point in our Discord, because uh, I let all the content creators kind of hop in for free to just interact with everyone. Um, he had mentioned that where he lives, all the meth heads <laughs> just want to sell him bolt collections from like Amonkhet. Right. And that's honestly the kind of stuff that I see. Someone will say, hey, I have a massive, massive Magic the Gathering collection. It dates from the early 90s to Eldritch Moon. And when I hear any recent sets that have been done in like the last 15 years, yeah. immediately I'm like, nope, yeah. because you probably have more chaff in that type of stuff than any of the old stuff. Because even if you have old stuff that's quote unquote unplayable or chaff, like let's be honest, Shivan Dragon, shitty cards. Yes, right. That Terrible. is not a good Magic right. Gathering uh, card, but it's worth thousands of dollars. It's garbage. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's worth thousands of dollars mm -hmm. uh, just because someone has a nostalgia factor or it's super rare or whatever. So that's really where I draw the line. And I will segue this into Squee. When you see someone that says, hey, I basically played from like the beginning of Magic to like 98, 99. Mm -hmm. I think the cutoff is kind of 2000s. Yeah, yeah I think 2000s is a pretty then, good hard cut. Then I think that's something that you, depending on how big the collection is and how much they're asking, it is maybe worth taking a mm -hmm. gamble on because... Yeah. A single card, as pass it over to Squee, you could find will pay for the entire collection. Absolutely. Versus there are not many cards made in the last 15 years that could just pay right. for an entire collection. Yeah. So Squee, tell us about your pot of gold. I'm freaking out, man. I'm freaking out. Uh, yeah, so... To Mr. Combo's point, I generally do not buy these collections. I do troll Facebook Marketplace and places like that just to see what pops up because, you know, everybody dares to dream. Could happen. 
Um, so I saw this collection pop up and Bob was asking $500 and he had a big tote crate. He said, I have 20,000 cards. Started playing in the mid nineties. Uh, a friend gave me a bunch of cards from back then. Uh, we played, my family played, blah, blah, blah. I'm moving. I need to get rid of this. I haven't looked through it. I don't know what's in there. I haven't kept up with magic or prices or anything like that. If you hear those words, that's exactly what you're looking for. Um, also, a really good show of faith for me on that was I went out with uh, The Godfather and I. Uh, we went out and he actually let us look through the box and look through some of the binders and see the cards in there and just get a feel for what was going on in that set before I made him an offer. Right. Um, so we looked through and obviously 20,000 cards, you can't look through that. There's no way yeah. in time. But we probably looked through maybe 500 cards, like a half a box, a nice peeked through some of the binders and it was really sporadic on what you'd find. Uh, I did find a taiga in one of the binders. So that was a really good sign. Um, other than that, we didn't find a lot. Like we found mostly commons and bulk and stuff like that. And that's what he thought it was. Um, so I said, Hey man, I'll give you 300 bucks for it. Um, I think mm -hmm. that's pretty yeah. fair. I think this land will cover about half my cost on that. And then the rest of it's a gamble. We'll see what we get. Um, fast forward, get home start looking through these cards uh first box that i open i'm about maybe 300 cards 400 cards into the first box that i'm opening it's one of the thousand card boxes and but let's pause there squee how did your hands and fingers feel and your eyeballs oh my god i don't remember much of that night i blacked out for most of it uh the godfather was trying to talk about cards and he kept showing me things that he thought were worth money turns out a lot of them were and i just wasn't paying attention because i didn't know what to do legitimately freaking out uh so i was shaking a little bit i pulled three mana drains in the first box yeah and they were all in fantastic shape just an incredible start to this whole scenario. Um, and what I'm finding in this thing is as I got the mana drains, then four or five boxes later pulled five power artifacts. Um, just like over the moon, couldn't handle myself. The mana drains would have been enough and I would have been happy. Uh, one of the mana drains paid for the whole thing essentially. Right. Um, but yeah, so it was like basically what my experience was. And I've equated this to, to the Godfather was, uh, you know that scenario where you go to a garage sale and you're like 12 years old and you're like, I'm going to go and get a bunch of cards and this box for $10 is going to have the Power 9 in it. It's going to be awesome. That happened. Um, yeah. No Power 9, but like I got so much money out of this. And the more I looked through it, I pulled Wheel of Fortunes, Wasteland, Strip Mines, um, a couple other old yeah. cards that were worth 50 or 70 bucks. I had no clue what they were. Um, now I'm finding out there's over a thousand cards from the Unlimited set in there. And a lot of those cards, even the basic ones, like an Unlimited Sarah Angel, an Unlimited Dark Ritual, those type of cards, Unlimited Lightning Bolts, they're 15, 20, 25 bucks a piece. Yep. Um, so I've got 10, 15, 20 copies of each of those almost. Um, so I, I'm freaking out. I'm still freaking out. I don't know what to do with all these cards. They're in a good home, Bob. I'm not going to sell most of them. Uh, I'd like to use them, trade them, play them, get them to people. That I work. was just about to say, Squee, the next time we actually have an IRL Magic Fest, which we probably won't, you literally should take your fat stack of cards and to chuck the slices point, you probably could build every weatherlight deck you've ever <laughs> talked about. Oh yeah, on money? Just trading in those cards. Absolutely. So. Um, I could. Uh, I, I was talking with Big Tuck last night at a, a, a brewery pretty close to here. I think it's called Rock Creek. Um, Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> but I was talking with Big Tuck last night and I'll open this up to the collective also. So obviously there's some cards I'm not going to get rid of. The 
power artifacts, the mana drains. I'm hanging on to most of those and or trading them into cards that I really, really want that are way more expensive than I would ever buy. I.e. like a Gaia's Cradle for those out there listening, message me about that. Hey, Jace the Mind Sculptor, baby, and a Foil Reese. Yeah, Go Foil on. Reese is like 10 bucks nowadays, my man. Um, hey, Jace the Mind Sculptor is still like 60. Yeah, boy. I don't care about Jace's, though. I don't play blue. Uh, collective, I want to figure out what to do with all these cards. There's 20,000 of them. They're all old. They're all cool. Um, Big Tuck and I were talking about making a uh, like an old school cube, which I think would be really cool. Uh, but if you guys have any other ideas, shoot me a message, hit me up on Deer Squeeb, whatever you want. Uh, I got a lot of cards. I'd like to keep them within our, our podcast community. Yeah. I think it'll be fun to mess around with. I'm not out any money on the whole scenario. Quite the opposite, actually. Um, so, yeah, think about that. Think about what you want to do with them. I'll wrap it up with... Be smart when you're buying these collections. If they won't let you look at the collection beforehand or take a peek at some of the cards, clearly there's garbage in there. Um, my experience other than this is generally people know exactly what they have and how much it's worth and they yeah. charge pretty appropriately. Um, this was kind of a pie in the sky moment. Uh, I don't think it'll ever happen to me again. I don't think it'll happen to many people almost ever. It's just, it was really, really weird. Really, really awesome. I'm so excited to be here and I got so many people to thank and play the music. Cause I got to stop rambling. Bye. All right. Uh, well I will say this sweet. If you want to do the humanitarian thing with your chaff, mm -hmm. And this is something that I've talked to uh, Budget Brews about um, whenever he does get up here. Uh, you should donate it to a school mm -hmm. to be able to use for like okay. an after school program. Uh, a, you could use it as a tax write off hey. and inflate them prices, baby. Screw the government. Uh, <laughs> but also you could help infuse the next group of the collectors. Yeah, that is a great idea. And like there's enough. The the way I'm describing this, Jeff, these boxes, I feel like came from a store. It's where he originally got them, like their back-end collection. Because there's 10, 15, 20 copies of almost everything. Right. So there's enough to keep some for myself, keep some for a cube, make a different kind of cube, give some away. There's a lot of options here on what we can do. And then uh, once I get them all organized and priced out and figured out what we want to do there, then, then we'll go forwards. But yeah, think on that. Awesome. Well, the last thing I'll end into this is the best analogy of playing the lottery I've ever heard. Eventually, if you sit there and flush quarters down a toilet, it will backflow and you'll get a bunch of quarters back. So with that, <laughs> I pass it back to you, Mr. Combo. Well, that's going to wrap up. What's the plane chase? Now in that last segment, Squee dives into those creative juices with the weather report. Welcome back to the Weatherlight Report, coming to you live from Weatherlight Chopper 4. I'm Squee McGee. So uh, last week I got a, um, I guess what, what everybody's considering a schooling and what is oppression. Um, so we're going to chat about that. Uh, so we're going Boros oppression here. Welcome to the party. Should be fun. Uh, we're talking Bassandra Battle Seraph. Uh, Ooh, that's B-A-S-A-N-D-R-A. -A. Um, so it is three colorless Boros for legendary creature angel. It's a rare uh, flying. Players can't cast spells during combat. And then for one red, uh, target creature attacks this turn if able, and it's a 4-4. Four, four. So you can go other creatures if you want oh. into having to attack not necessarily go they can attack you also but right. you can force people to use creatures to attack that they don't want to attack with or do other things and they can't do any spells during combat on your end or anybody else's end for that matter so this is kind of a really odd commander i don't know exactly where i want to go but i pulled up a lot of under the radar what everybody nowadays would define as oppressive, I suppose, <laughs> um, from all you, you degenerates out there. Bye. Um, so, yeah. So, 
Uh, first card I wanted to talk about is called Hushbringer. Uh, it's a creature. Oh, a new one. Yeah, cool. It's in a white. Uh, flying lifelink. It's a 1-2. And then creatures entering the battlefield or dying don't cause abilities to trigger. So good. I mean, that... God, that would make Sir Nathan cry so hard. <laughs> the, it, it's really great. Um, I like the fact that it's flying and has lifelink, so you can do something with it, even if people aren't playing the sort of decks. Uh, the thing is, I like about the... And the fact that there's lips Dude, on the Dude, I was going to say, there's something about this artwork yeah. that's very, like... It's real it's, creepy. It's like, But it's also, like, a strange sexual it's creature. Yeah, there's, did, like... Did you notice that the, the circle around yeah, her oh, yeah. is lips also? No, I'm saying, there's... It's, oh. it's like, weird. It's disturbing, but also, like, kind of makes you wiggle around a little bit. You, you know what this reminds me of? It kind of looks like some weird 80s MTV music video. Oh, for video. sure. Claymation, right? It's all in Claymation. No, no, I'm thinking like some weird like David Bowie oh, type yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bowie, There's yes, definitely yeah. some Bowie in there. Good eye. So uh, good eye on the card too, man. It'll it'll get you where you're going with the stacks. Yeah, it's real impressive. I think all the cards today are under two bucks. There's a couple in the dollar dollar fifty range. All but right. if you wanna if you wanna get a dollar fifty, y'all. Uh, first run a crater hoof and then run a hush. Oh burger. boy. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> he, now he's just trolling. I'm just gonna get in the, the middle memes. of this again. Hey. Hey, I mean, I'm, I'm just instigator squee. I might have to go back to it. That's what we do. Uh, so the next one I wanted to talk about is Angelic Arbiter. So it's yeah. a uh, very expensive card. Not money-wise, but man Oh, gosh. Uh, five colorless, two white. Creature angel. It's a rare. Uh, five, six flyer. Each opponent who casts a spell this turn can't attack with creatures. Each opponent who attacked with a creature this turn can't cast spells. Yeah. Holy crap. That's hilarious. All of these are hilarious. Hilariously oppressive, I guess, but I, I, like this card is so much, so weird. And if you can actually land this on the board and get it to stick there for a little bit, it's going to put so many people into such a weird bind of what the hell can or can I play this in multiple decks. This card's awesome. Do you play yeah. this in uh, Kalia by chance? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. It was because I think it was in the pre-con with her, too. So that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I played in Kalia. I think I played in my... Mono white mm -hmm. deck. Pretty sure I played in the Zorius. It may be in Karametra. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if it's in my Atraxa deck. It very well could be. Um, yeah, I the the card is the if you if you can get it down. Seven's a lot to dump into that, but it's yeah. it's still a five six flyer. And again, I think it like. So we've talked before about like Blazing Archon and how that's like a little overcosted. I think this yep. is like that, but better. It's cheaper. And this, like, being able to only attack or only cast spells for the rest of the turn, I suppose. Well, no, actually, it is that. It's either spells yeah, or generally. creatures. Yeah, so I think that's a lot yeah. more oppressive than just, like, you just can't attack me. Well, I actually, I think it's, I think it is more oppressive, Tuck, but I think it's misleading mm. because Blazing Archon on its face, people, you play that, people are like, oh, you gotta kill right. that. Yeah. Like, oh my yeah, god, right, let's right, freak right. out. But someone sees this play down, they're like, well, that's annoying. Right. Yeah, but, but I got a choice. I don't have like, to yeah, exactly. Like, I got a choice. I'm yeah. playing a creature deck, so I'm yeah. just going to attack, right? Or I'm just not playing a creature deck, I'm just going to cast spells. So, yeah, so definitely a fun, fun modular stacks card. Yeah, the analogy I was going to put to this card is it's kind of like the cat that needs to be on both sides of the door, no matter which side it's on. <laughs> you want to be on the other side, but you can't. So you just got to figure yourself out and uh, be generally upset. Um, okay, so third card I wanted to talk about is called Master Warcraft. 
Uh, yes. So two colorless and then hybrid Boros times two. Uh, it's an instant rare. Uh, cast Master Warcraft only before attackers are declared, and then you choose which creatures attack this turn. You choose how each creature blocks this turn. Hilariously awesome. Yes. So you can save this up, drop this down on the board, absolutely screw over two people's boards. So you choose who's attacking who, you wipe out both boards. This is almost like a two-player board wipe that doesn't affect you and potentially the third or fourth player that's in there. Um, I love this card. I never ran it before. I would love to. I might have to just throw this into a Kiri for fun. Um but I, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts? This card's it's very situational, but I think it could be a game changer. I think you can use it to. I think you can use it on the sort of defensive between two players. You can also use it on your own board if you have like enough damage to wipe the board out. You can just swing it in, cast it, and choose that nothing blocks. Right. Um, right. And the other thing that I think is interesting is this is definitely, in my opinion, one of the premier Boros cards, and it was illustrated by Zoltan Boros. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Um, I was just looking up its uh, scryfall text because it just says you choose which creatures attack this turn. It doesn't say like attack player, attack planeswalker. So I was curious if you could, if you get to choose what they attack at, or if you just say they have to attack and uh, the controller gets to pick where they go. That and, could be. Um, I don't know. And that and, and that is the case. So okay. it just says cast a spell. It's literally as you read it, Squee, and it says you choose which creatures attack this turn. You choose which creatures block this turn and how those creatures block. But the interesting thing with it is we play in a multiplayer format. Yeah. So you could say, hey, because uh, you have to do it before the attackers are declared. So uh, Big Tuck, you have to attack with your whole board. And Squee, you have to block. But Big Tuck, I believe, could just say, well, I'm going to attack. You. Oh, interesting. Uh, right. for Frenemy. Right. Um, so I think this is probably maybe meant more for 1v1, obviously. Oh, but I think I think Squee, with your other oppressive things that you probably have in it, you'll have some sort of pillow mm -hmm. fort where right. they can't hit you. And maybe you could influence which opponent they have to swing at. Right, yeah, you could do something um, like so, that. Yeah. And or, I'm. this is absolutely going into a Kiri now. This is slim dunk now <laughs> that I think about it. Because I can just choose to swing through with lethal command damage and they can't block. And sure. that's one of the beautiful things that I do often in that deck. Um, yeah, that's an interesting. I'm glad you brought up that rule change because I hadn't even thought about that. I just kind of assumed that you had control of whatever you wanted to do, but that makes it even more interesting because now you're swinging the fates of everybody else. Uh, okay, I so last card I got here. Baby. Uh, so this is War's Toll. Uh, three colorless, one red. It's an enchantment. It's a rare. Uh, oh, whenever yeah. an opponent taps a land for mana, tap all lands that player controls. Oof, if a creature yes. an opponent controls attacks, all creatures that opponent controls attack if able. Oh my god. Yeah, so oh, it's now, good. If you tap one mana, you might as well tap them all and float them because that's how it's going to be. Uh, so it's all or nothing. You got to play all your spells in one phase. Uh, you're going to have trouble dealing with the mana situation. And then you can't just pick a creature and attack and save your favorite ones. You're goaded so hard uh, <laughs> to attack with everything that you have. Uh, I guess goad is still the wrong word because it's it, they can't They're attack. They're enraged. But yeah, if they do attack, they have to attack with everything. So it makes your board, again, kind of like a, a weird chess game where you got to play, uh, maybe maybe I'll play everything in one phase, but that wouldn't work out how I would have liked it to. Or maybe I wanted to attack with two creatures right. and hold some blockers back. Well, I can't do that anymore, so now I'm not swinging through for any damage. Um, really, this deck, I think, would just be 
a very annoying game of chess. I would probably right. name it chess. I so I like this uh, I like the style of stacks because it actually like progresses the game forward, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of it is in the players, the active player's choice, right? They don't have to cast a spell, they don't have to attack, yeah. they can choose to do one or the yeah. other. Um, War Soul especially like really slows down the more like sorcerer. It puts everything to sorcery speed, so like that can kind of start shutting down, you know. Potential going off on other people's turns, that sort of stuff. So I'm a yeah. huge fan, huge fan of these sort of effects, personally. Well, I mean, basically, looking at it this way, what is what color does red hate the most? Blue. Blue. <laughs> this basically is like a consistent pyroblast. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like pyroblast for days. Um, yeah, I love it. I run it in my Neheb mono red sure. deck. Oh yeah, for sure. It's fantastic. Um, and I, th- I think in a any type of Boros deck, you need ever all your opponents playing at sorcery mm-hmm. speed. Yeah. Potentially even only on their turns if yep. you can. Uh, the 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 least amount of interaction, the better. And I guess you could say that with any color combination, no one wants interaction. But Boros the most because right. we always talk about how much white and red suck, suck a dick. <laughs> they suck. Well. That's uh that's all I had on that. Uh, appreciate the uh, the oppressive comments and memes all week. It's been a it's been a thrill ride. Uh, and with that, I'll kick it back to the Action Four News Desk with Mr. Combo and Big Tuck. Thank you for staying with us. And as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower and Level One Game Shop by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, subscribing to YouTube, and placing orders through LevelOneGameShop.com. Also, another way to support your new statements and over to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash CMD Tower with award tiers for all the budgets. There is a way that you, the collective, can help. <laughs> you can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 News team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, CMD Tower. You can communicate directly with your news team at CMD Tower, at Mr. Common Number 5, all spelled out except for the 5, and Dear Squee, at Big Talk Tweety. From your MTG Action 4 News team, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Oh, 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 oh,